0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another week of us streaming on Twitch and the first week that we are at least going to attempt to turn this into an actual podcast that shows up on podcasting services and you can listen to it that way and everything that we were hoping to do from the beginning. How's it going? Good. (laughs) Have we decided on a name yet? Yeah. Are are, are we going
1: to are we going to unveil?
0: Yeah, Oh, we may as well. We, we may as well start with the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the official name of the flagship Aftermath podcast is Aftermath Hours, you know, like like after hours, but with yeah. a little <laughs> bit more math.
1: I, uh, it I was know. one of those very, very frequent, like, uh, what do we call it? And then I guess that's what we call it kind of moments.
0: I mean, that was like Kinda the like first the name that we thought of, right? Like somebody said Aftermath Hours and we're like, no, that sucks. And then we're like, Mm -hmm. but maybe (laughs) I do. I I like after parentheses math hours
1: too. (laughs) But uh, uh, we could do after hours. We could do after hours. Whatever. When it's in
0: the RSS, when it's in the RSS, it will have been decided. Yes, it could be after parentheses math parentheses hours. So the official name is just after. (laughs) Um. Um. Yeah. This is this is the this is the podcast. Yeah, I you're listening
1: it. to us podcast, and we're now podcasters instead of just being podcaster
0: adjacent. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, again, to start off, I guess, just like, how's y'all's week been? What have you been up to? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh,
2: uh, my week's been annoying. <laughs> my <laughs> PC is still broken, which is why I'm on my laptop right now. I but think I'm getting closer written, to fixing it. Oh, Yeah, you almost got, got blown right up about last night, week. right? Didn't Yes, I, I installed my new power supply, which is what I thought was broken, um, and because I'm a wiener, got very scared that I was doing it wrong, and made the mistake that one often makes of Googling, what if wrong cables PSU Reddit, and Reddit was like, you'll die, you'll ruin your computer, what are you, stupid, don't you know it's the blah 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 cable? And so I got very anxious, and I texted my friend, like, bad photos of all the cables, and, and I was like, this is right. And like... A lot of them are labeled clearly, like PSU, CPU. Like it's pretty obvious where they go. Um, But she was very helpful, and so I very carefully did all this, and then um, it failed to work. That it powered up, which is great. It didn't explode, which is also great. But it didn't solve my problem. But maybe the problem is the CPU fan, which we just realized isn't spinning. So now I've ordered a new fan.
1: Yeah. What'd you get? You get a Noctua.
2: We'll fix it. Yeah, I just bought a new fan, not a new cooler. Which yeah, is what that's my fine. friend said to do. I don't know yeah. if that's was gonna do. If it's not um, if it's not so spinning, then it's probably the
1: the fan. The cooler doesn't spin.
2: So hopefully that's the problem. I needed to get a new PSU anyway, so no harm, no foul. But um I'm very annoyed by this. It's <laughs> annoying. And but I was a big brave boy who who did a basic PC task all alone um nice. after several hours of whining and definitely complaining to you all in slack but i miss my computer
0: yeah understandable you so kind of need it to do anything at all to yeah, be alive you,
1: do my job, so. <laughs> you have a gaming job having a pc gaming is uh, a pretty a huge part of that I don't have a functioning computer at the moment in the same way that, like, my GPU just dies if I do shadow play or anything particularly GPU intensive. Apparently, the CPU is fine. So that shit's fine. But, like, at this point, it's like, man, I'm just going to make a new computer. This thing's full of rats. Yeah. I have a really bad PC case. I had a PC case that I was like, well, okay, I can't get power supplies and shit, but, like you know, it's fine, it's COVID, it's 2020. I'll get this case that has a power supply in it. And then it's the uh, the H1, the one that got recalled for being like lit on fire constantly. And it's just like, I still have that thing. And the airflow sucks and it sucks to work in. And I was like, I want a better PC. And so now I'm just going to finally build, you know, buy it, make it now. Hopefully now that the, the if the 2080, uh, the 4080 super is any good, that sounds like the sweet spot now. Hmm.
2: Right, they keep making new graphics cards. It's so annoying. <laughs> this is annoying
1: they, to me. They I'm they just don't make be it bitter making bitter about them, yeah. everything today. Don't make today. <laughs> good graphics cards though, because no, just nothing so will many. ever. Well, no. Here's the thing: nothing is ever gonna hit like the 1080 Ti did. Like nothing. Like it's just it's it's yeah. it's it's diminishing returns forever, and like you're never gonna get this huge. Like I'm set for 10 years thing. The only thing that you can do that will do that now is the 4090, and I don't have fucking time or money for that. I'm not. And good that one's that. like twice. Right, That was like twice the MSRP of every other graphics card. And it's like fucking really hard to run. So it's just like, no, you know, it's like, you're never going to have like a, I'm set for five years GPU anymore. Uh, See,
2: that's the problem. Because I have a 1080 that I think I like came into somehow at Kotaku, it came to me. And at the time, it was very expensive. So this was a great deal for me. And I thought, as you're saying, I'm set for life. Yeah. And now like, one of the reasons I need a new PSU is now it's like, it's not high enough to run new games. And so I was like, whatever, I'll just get a whatever the 1080 is now, but like, that isn't so clear anymore. So like, I was thinking of going for the 4060 cause it's the cheapest. And like, I've made this joke before, but like, I have 42 year old man eyes. I don't see well enough to, to need ray tracing and all this <laughs> shit. Like I just need a graphics card that works. But like, then again, people on Reddit where I have to just stop fucking going are like, well, the 4060 like isn't you. really like the 1080. I barely live like like this. And like. Right? It's like, oh, my God, man, I don't know. I just need a graphics card that'll play Alan Wake 2. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to buy the cheapest one. But then if you're just going to waste your money because in two years they're going to have the sixty twenty five, <laughs> and it's going to be out of date, like, what are, you, what are you supposed to do? Like, constantly spend money on these Man, things? that's what they like, want you to do, yeah. What do man, you they want super from me, that
3: Well, you yeah. do what the rest of us do that, and you man. only play games that have DLSS support going forwards, like... Yeah, I've got a 2070 Super, which is you know quite old now, um, but I can still play. Like, if a AAA or if any game ships with with DLSS support in you know, it, I can still play it at 4K on like a five year old graphics card. So, like, you don't need a 4070. I don't know probably. what I don't know what yeah.
2: DLSS support is. I'm just gonna. Admit it's that. uh, it's
1: it's it's, it's it's using AI to pretend that it's a better graphics card than it is. Yeah. Ah, but it, that it, it
2: yeah, it works. Should
3: yeah, get that. yeah, it works. It's it works because magi- they train the yeah. model specifically pretty yeah. well. It's yeah. it's magic. So like it made Cyberpunk playable for me, which like initially it wasn't, and then like they fixed that all up, and then a year later it was like 4K buttery smooth. And I had like I hadn't changed my computer. It was the same computer. It was just hmm. like there that was witchcraft going on like under the hood. So yeah, I mean, you can get it cheap, cool. but, like if if there's yeah, it's super cool, but it's like the only good use case for AI is making expensive video games run on less expensive graphics cards. Yep. Um, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> chat uh, for just upscaling,
0: Alison uh, Chat just said that Patrick Klepik says that it works really well for Alan Wake too. So and that's the yes, Riley game. Do,
1: yep. Yep. It does. Uh, yeah. when when the games Patrick when uh when uh, control came out, I think it was actually like the showcase for DLSS was like Hey, we can get this, this thing to run with ray tracing and look really fucking good for like, basically you're not, your computer's not sweating. And so like the, the, you know, of course it looks good on Alan Wake because you know, they're finished. They are all like demo scene guys who know how to make graphics cards sing and like use a a quarter of the resources on every scene using like cool magic tricks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have a pervert use case, which is that I unfortunately do a lot of video stuff. And so I need I, it's this like I'm trapped in the torment nexus of like I have to have something that is both a workstation and like useful for like process, you know, like high end video encoding and all the weird crap I get into. And like that is bad because like, man, that's just going to cost you more money. Like mm. I, I would normally get like an like a thirty series like a thirty ninety or some shit like that or like and thirty eighty ti and then just that because that's better than like a forty sixty or whatever but like I can't because I need av1 encoding support and it's like all this dumb crap and and like I can't go to amd which actually a lot of people have been going to amd because amd is a better deal because I need cuda cores because I'm a I'm the one guy who need in this in this chat who needs cuda cores
0: so. Uh, a thing that I've always wanted for this show, podcast, everything, um, is, you know, for there to be, and I've talked about this in earlier streams, like a, you know, Chris's like gadget pedantry corner. Um, and like the thing about it is that we can't make it a, a discrete segment because you just never know when that segment just is going to occur. Off. It will jump scare you. It will just come out suddenly and then you're in it and you can't get out. Anyway, that's what just happened. <laughs> um, But yeah, with that first segment out of the way that was unplanned, but worked out well. um, Let's talk about some news. Specifically, uh, you know, right before we started recording, uh, Bethesda just unveiled their Indiana Jones game finally. And that looks pretty neat, I think. So let's talk about that. What did y'all think?
3: I think it's a really good idea to get a company that says specialized in punching Nazis to give them a license that specifically involves punching more Nazis in creative and more old fashioned ways. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with a
1: different take on killing loads of Nazis. Um, it seems, yeah, it seems like a mixture of like first and third person.
2: That's what they said. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it seems, it seems cool. It seems, I, I like, you know, it, like I said this online so it's like, it's like IO Interactive doing James Bond. Of course, that makes sense. Mm. He's got all these gadgets and shit, you know, and he kills a lot of people, and, like throws them off of cliffs. That's the, they've already got the gameplay there. Or like Arcane doing Blade. It's like they already have a thing where you just drop down and kill a bunch of guys, you know, in cool and elaborate and kind of fruity French ways. Like that <laughs> makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't want to be an IP hell, but if I need to be an IP hell, the IP should match the studio. And this seems like it's a good match for the studio.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it seems it yeah. seems like all yeah. the all the
3: license stuff on top is not ideal, but that's what you would expect from a massive AAA license deal. Where I don't like, you know, nobody likes his face. Troy Baker doing the voice is—is is mm, it Troy Baker? Or does yeah, it, just it sound is. Like Troy no, Baker? no, he ca- It came out and got announced a, a minute ago <laughs> uh, that he is doing. It's like—is it mm, his? Is it oh, his, uh, is it like, his like, mouth? Is what
2: I want to know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But
3: like, I I feel like the so, mouth is yeah. really a vocal. So like they didn't that, get that, Harrison Ford
0: a voice, but they did mocap his mouth. They just set him in a room and they're like, okay, just move your mouth around. And he got so mad that he like, you know, threw a water bottle at a PA.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like it looks so much like Harrison Ford's mouth, which made me realize like, oh, his mouth is really iconic. But then when I heard the voice, I was like, is that Troy Baker? And then I could see it being Troy Baker's mouth, which also is very notable to me. So now I'm in this weird, like (laughs) middle space where these men's mouths kind of meld back and forth in, in my head.
0: It's a lot of men's mouths in your head.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. just you know how like Harrison Ford smirks, and it just it's his like face in this yeah. distinct way. No, I yeah. know. Yeah. I,
0: I, I, jokes aside, I know
3: what you mean. Mm. Yeah, but then that's the more jarring I mean, I, because they they nailed that. What did you call it? Did you say it was an iconic mouth?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's distinctive. Distinctive. You know? it, it's distinctive. Yeah. Yeah.
3: but like it just the rest of his face wasn't, and it's that like it, I yeah. couldn't be more happy that it's a first. Like it seems to be primarily a first person game. Then so that I don't have to look at that sort of uncanny valley shit for for twenty hours while I'm playing it. I can just pretend that it's me. Cause yeah, you can pretend, pretend it's really at, you can pretend it's good. You can know, pretend that Harrison
0: Ford's <laughs> mouth is on your face. I've but long it's, argued
2: it's, that I should have I should have Trey Baker's body i should just i would put it to good use and i should be it but i'm not in this instead um All right, we can, thanks transition
0: wait, we can add that <laughs> but, uh, to our uh our soon to be released like goals for the website we can put that yeah, you know right. near the top riley gets troy baker's body
2: i should i should just look like him that i think do, I would do you just, mean I would,
3: do you mean you want an exercise and fitness regime that has you looking like troy baker or do no, you i just want to literally wake up, like in, insane. yeah you want body, this yeah. man's does does he get your body in return is it like Freaky Friday or you know? Do you this both is not that have Troy Baker's body.
0: Um, this is not that far removed from the plot of one of the recent yeah. Wolfenstein games made by Machine Games, the same company yeah, making it's True. It right. Way to bring it back, yeah. Early spoilers. Yeah, well, it's been Fair years. Enough. People have played that game. Yeah. I
2: really want to play that game again. Damn. It's
0: good. Yeah, yeah it's
3: probably no, good. Is, I like, mean, I like it's it's cool that we're we. Like it's an Indiana Jones game. most people are going to be excited about Indiana Jones game because there aren't very many of them and the best one is probably I say atlantis. Fate of atlantis yeah, yeah, which must be what 30 something years old now um but like it's a new machine game first person game and those are all amazing and those are all great for like various reasons um and so just getting another one of those is cool like if it's a, if it's a license you like on top of that, then that's even better.
1: So something I'm interested in is like one of the good things that machine games was really good at when they did Indiana Jones, or I'm sorry, when they did uh, Wolfenstein is, you know, you start off with Wolfenstein as your base and it's like kind of from a very dated era in PC gaming. You know, it's like, you know, granted you have the base of bedrock of like killing Nazis, always eternal, but like it's, it's, you know, how do you update that with a campy sensibility now? And they did a really good job at focusing on like the, you know, the anti-fascist nature of of it you know you could say maybe it was a little like too much or annoying after a while but who cares it was fucking cool to do and like in this case i think it's going to be interesting to see how they apply that to indiana jones because indiana jones is this intrinsically sort of clunky premise now because it was like going after like you know like old-fashioned cereals and stuff like that and it was a throwback to that at the time and now you have the like how do you thread the needle of like, you know, a guy like stealing a bunch of artifacts and, sh- and shit. And it's like, I don't know. I think they can handle it. I think they can make it fun. I trust them to make it fun. I trust them to put it in a fun context, you know, and not whatever the fuck Steven Spielberg has been doing for the last two movies.
3: Hmm. I'm excited to meet the, the, the surrounding cast of this game. Cause that's always, that's where the Wolfenstein yeah. games really yeah. like Sean mm-hmm. was not BJ. BJ was just a template. You know, he was just the avatar. It was, it was all the cool people around you. Like, was a name Tekla? Who was the the was it Tekla the 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 woman from that like famous cutscene where she's talking yeah. about what is consciousness and what is real like that that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. So like yeah ah oh, so it's this has turned into Wolfenstein reminiscing podcast.
0: Yeah well I mean yeah I think yeah, it's I a good a point game. of reference though like this game probably yeah. I mean it already looks pretty Wolfensteiny like in what they've shown and it probably mm-hmm. will be very Wolfensteiny. So by all means bring back the parts people liked. I, I sure hope they do. They'd be silly not to.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll be this this surly guy who I I I don't want to be stuck in IP hell, and I feel like I feel the same about like the IO James Bond, where like these studios that make things I like are making like movie things and like get that bag. I get it. Like I don't have any strong feelings about Indiana Jones or James Bond. Um, and there's something a little bit disappointing to me about the sort of you know MCUification of everything, but like. That's not a moral stance. Like, I, if someone wanted to give me money to make a James Bond, like, I don't know, I'd do it. But plus, do like,
3: it. like Machine Games and, and Starbreeze before that, like, that's basically most of the games they've done have been someone else's property. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's this, yeah. but before that it was Wolfenstein, then it was Syndicate, it was yeah, Riddick. Riddick. Like, it's, yeah. like, yeah, these are all yeah. someone else's games that they've turned into something yeah themselves, like distinctly themselves anyway, like especially syndicate, which is yeah, like, totally. has nothing to do with the, the original game whatsoever. And they turned it into something that in hindsight, I think was like surprisingly cool and interesting. Um, and like, I, I've, I've got the utmost confidence that these guys can do the same. And I don't say that for like, for me to have confidence in someone in 2024 is like amazing, but like, if anyone is going to inspire confidence given their like continued track record, especially with licensed stuff, um,
0: it's these guys.
2: Yeah, it looks like it'll be real fun. Like, it's not, it's not that, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like a how far we've come moment. Because you remember, like, the explosion of licensed games in, like, you know, the late 90s, early, mid-thousands. And it was all these, like, rando developers doing, you know, slapdash throwaway jobs on games that they clearly didn't really care about and no one really did. And they came out and they reviewed poorly. And then, like, they just sort of went away. And now we have the opposite. where We have, like, prestige studios doing these licensed games. I'm like the upside is we're going to get some really good games. The downside is like you know we don't have Arcane making a new property. We instead have Arcane making a licensed game. Um, you know same with like Insomniac, yeah. Foraxis doing
3: a Marvel game instead of another whatever you know turn based game that that they make. Yeah, so yeah,
0: which I will say I much I feel, prefer like XCOM Three to you know yep. another Marvel game, but another yeah. I think yeah. I think
3: everyone learned that lesson from that project yeah but from the diehards <laughs> for that game but like again machine games is the exception to this because like we said everything they've done is licensed so like i feel like they get a free pass here um
0: yeah yeah i mean i i i'm definitely curious to see like i i think that this will probably be a pretty cool and good thing through and through you know That said, video game development, it's always crazy and you never know. And maybe it'll come out and be bad and we'll find out that they had a horrible tour development schedule and, you know, didn't get to make the game they wanted to. But failing that, looks cool. It looks good. Um, The other, one of the other games that they showed off today was Avowed. I don't know if y'all have paid much attention to that. That's the new, like, kind of Skyrim alike from Obsidian, who did, like, Pillars of Eternity and games like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally am pretty curious about that one just cause I like Obsidian's games and like, you know, they did Fallout new Vegas back in the day, them getting to do another like kind of bigger open world that you can explore, have companions in all of that seems very appealing to me. But I also thought that the actual demo, the showcase looked a little, uh, didn't look amazing to me.
2: Yeah, I caught bits of, I'll admit that I was making lunch while that part was happening, but I kept, like, running back over to look at it. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. But I could I could see it. Yeah, it just seemed sort of like, you know, it looked generic fantasy-y in a lot of ways. Um, it, and like, it, yeah, Obsidian's
1: all over the place, though, you know what I mean? Like, it depends on, it's like, okay, who at Obsidian, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like, even, you know, New Vegas, obviously, being shipped in the state it was, you know, say what you will. But, you know, they've done some stuff I don't like. They've done a lot of stuff I do like. I hope it's part of the stuff I do like. But it's, you know, it's not a like a –
0: they don't have like a perfect track record. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And in this case, like, you know, I, I feel like they do so much better when they have an environment in which it's mostly like, you know, about the writing of the game, about the world, about the storytelling. And this is like a first-person combat-driven game where you can switch between swords and guns and spells. And like that combat just doesn't look that engaging. And I mean, you know, sure, because they're not really like a first-person action gamey kind of developer. They They do writing, they do the stories. That's always been their thing.
1: No, they did, uh, what was it? They did Alpha Protocol.
0: Yeah, man, that game <laughs> That <laughs> game ruled. But even then, the Fiddle action games, was not yeah, that yeah. game's strong suit at all. I know, I'm joking. The action joking. was uh, kind of incredible in its badness. Ah, oh, man, I miss Alpha Protocol, though. That was a great game. Let's play Alpha Protocol. Yeah, let's just do yeah. it right now. Stream canceled, Alpha Protocol. <laughs> We're going to be playing Alpha Protocol now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if any of us had working computers, the, the one thing that's getting in Ridiculous. our way.
1: Ridiculous. It'll happen in like the next week or two for me or whenever that GP
2: I don't, comes out. I don't believe in astrology, but I definitely have one of these moments where I was like, oh, is Mercury in retrograde? Which like, I don't <laughs> think it is, but like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Come on.
1: It's ridiculous. Was we are there starting anything video else? game website. Sorry, go ahead. Was
3: there anything else? Because I'll, I'll be honest here. I, yeah, I dutch out of that entire press conference because little inside baseball talk. These shows are excruciating when you work in video games. Journalism. Like you have to sit there for f- fucking- Sometimes it's 30, 45 minutes. Sometimes in Xbox, some old Xbox showcases, it's multiple hours of just absolute drivel. And you have to fucking write everything down and it's hell. And I've got like, I, I did the job for so long. I've got, see, I've got scars from doing <laughs> this shit. And so like, I woke up this morning and, and they were like, there's an Xbox show. And I was like, I just went and made a cup of coffee and had some breakfast and just looked outside and it was wonderful. And then I came back and I was like, oh, there's an Indiana Jones game. Cool. I'll watch the trailer. Um and then there's an obsidian game. And then I think there was like one other. Is there a mana game? Yeah, there's re-release? a mana game. Re-buster and then there's yeah. like
0: one other thing that I was only sort of around for. So I don't know what that was.
2: Uh, yeah. oh, uh, Hellblade. Hellblade 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So release yeah. date. Yeah. Which yeah, is something about, about
0: really? trauma. Yeah. Yeah. In
2: yeah. case you didn't know. Yeah. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, about right. trauma. yeah. It's a yeah. game about trauma. Yeah. It's going to handle it very I respectfully. I... So they say.
2: I think covering pressers is hard. I kind of appreciate the ones where they show the thing and then the devs talk about the thing because you kind of know that like this is probably going to be like a moment. I think I'm a little less burnt than the rest of you all. So I still get like I get that rush a little bit of like any minute like news. Um, But they are they are the ones where it's like one thing after another are the ones that I feel like I really hate because it's just like, oh, my God, like.
3: So What's funny is that this I, I intentionally missed this one because Xbox, like of all of them, oh yeah, the none of none of them are enjoyable, really. But of all of yeah. them, ex- Xbox shows were always the worst. They had they they had the most excruciating presentation. They went for way too long. The tone was always so forced. The get the the actual announcements were always so like ultimately like blah. Yeah, but like to their credit, it feels like it feels like the one this morning was like just get in, show like five games, and get out. So yeah, it was pretty clean. It seems yeah, yeah, like that's what that's what you want. That's what Nintendo kind of, I guess they didn't really develop, but they kind of nailed it from the get go with the directs. But Mm -hmm. like that's what people want. They don't want two hours of like panel discussions. Um, Just like if you want to show some games, get in, show the games, get out, Um, and like yeah, it seemed like they did that so.
0: Yeah. Although, I still um,
3: I still i never I still don't want to watch it, but for everybody well, who did watch it, I'm very happy for yeah. you that it seemed to be much punchier.
0: Yeah, there's a bit that you might want to watch because they actually did show a, a very Luke game. They they showed a four X strategy uh, game. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. The, the strategy game, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got I,
3: multiple messages about that. They're like just one of them <laughs> was just like dude pyramids four X, and I was like, You have my attention. Wait, um, it's got dude
0: pyramids yes. in it?
3: Yeah. No, it was, sorry, dude, it was this, um, know, the contents of the message, dude, <laughs> comma, pyramids, comma,
0: 4X. And I was like, yep. Like, I just want to know what a dude pyramid would be. Um, I guess that would just be a human could, pyramid, but it's only what dudes. dude yeah. yeah, right, <laughs> was going to say.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> um, <laughs> inappropriate.
0: But yeah, no, it was like, I guess like, era has, the only part that I caught is that I guess when you, you like decide what you're going to do, but every turn uh, occurs simultaneously, like it's not one at a time when everybody confirms what they're going to do, they all happen. Um, that seems like it could be neat.
3: I, did, I, I, I saw one pyramid, one, sorry, pyramids, <laughs> pyramids. I saw, I saw one screenshot with a huge pyramid in it. I haven't actually like, you know, I made it, I made a coffee, I had breakfast, I, I sat down here to do this. I haven't actually wa- and watched the Indiana Jones trailer and that was it. I haven't actually watched the trailer for it, but people I know who are into this stuff seem excited about it, which. That's nice. I'll go check it out as soon as we're finished here. More forex strategy games at major AAA video game um, shows, please.
1: Yeah, okay. I think I, I do agree. I do agree that the tone was like I like the developer. You're not talking to an executive element of this. You know, d- d- it doesn't necessarily mean it's more real, obviously, but it means I don't have to look at like somebody I don't care about. You know, it's like, oh, okay, this person has a stake in it at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit more it's, than.
3: It's- a developer is the right level for this because Xbox was used to get hosts in that were like, I don't want to disparage the, the people who did that job. Cause they was, for what they were hired to do, I'm sure they did an amazing job, yeah. but like for me watching it, these sort of content creator hosty people at Xbox were excruciating because I don't want, I didn't want that stuff in the way of just the news, but I don't want some executive either. And so just like showing a bunch of trailers and then talking to the people who made the games is like a much more palatable level for this kind of show, I think, than, yeah, going either either end of the sort of extreme that they used to go to.
0: Um, I think Dizzy, it's, just, it's
1: um, sorry, go ahead.
0: Um, I was just going to say, Dizzy in chat just said that um, Todd Howard jump scared them. And I want to point out, because uh, yeah, Todd Howard was like there ge- geeking out about Indiana Jones. And I have a theory. I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point that he is dying his hair. Because his hair looks Ooh. like a different color than it used to, but like not gray. Yeah.
2: Can we like, do, you know, the really but you know the
3: really famous Negoshi, um progress meme where it <laughs> shows like from from Sega Rally all the way through to Yakuza where he's like a different man. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we do tamed. one of those? Like, like, can we go to Getty and get one of those for Todd Howard?
0: Just oh like my a, God. A,
3: zoom, a zoomed in expose like- Todd Howard gets hair done. <laughs> um, is Todd Howard
0: dying his hair? Colon an investigation. Yeah,
3: yeah. an investigation. A, yeah, a,
0: <laughs> a piece scoops. that would. I, I feel like that would make a lot of people really mad, even though it's almost yeah. entirely inconsequential. Yeah, so we've well, well, kind of hard hitting. It's a kind of hard hitting
3: journalism that access journalists um, would simply not be able to do, and that you, as Fair. a as a loyal aftermath subscriber and reader, would expect from us. Um, free from the pressures and obligations of access journalism that we would be allowed to pursue these stories that are of such importance to everybody. Um, <laughs> if this man's going to wield such power over your entertainment medium of choice, I think it's only fair that we all are fully informed of like what he's doing to his hair. I think
0: it's great. <laughs> all right. Well then let's do it. Uh, let's let's find yeah. out for sure. Um, but yeah, anyway, Chris, you, you had a point I think that was more salient that you were going to make.
1: Oh, I forgot what it was. It fell out of my head. I'm sorry. I, no, I was no, just no. thinking about his hair now. Um, I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, I guess the point is more like the, I don't think, I don't think every developer is good at being a media figure or a public figure. And I also don't think that every developer should necessarily no, be a public definitely figure. definitely not. You know, I think that a lot, there's a lot of people who are, it's just like, that hey, guy's just going to put his foot in his mouth. You know, that person is just going to, or like, they're going to, you know, bumble their words or they may not like show what they're good at because it's like you know not the same skill set a lot of the time um but also it's it's a better connection to make and when a person is good at those things you actually are able to like have an understanding of who makes the game a little bit better as opposed to who is in charge of saying what games are good what games are like going to be made you know i don't care about that guy you know i don't care about like the executive who does this because that's like I don't know. That's like getting a game presentation by like a Wall Street guy. I don't care about that shit.
0: Yeah. Um I, I think unless that we they're need good, I, don't know. I think we need at least one like guy who's basically Cliffy B again. Like we always need one of those guys who Do just, we? you know, like isn't actually charismatic but really believes that he is and like loves to talk about. I mean, because Cliffy B is basically Zack Snyder. So we need one of those for games. That's the headline. <laughs> we did, who was
3: the guy? Who was the guy from Ninja Theory that they semi modeled oh the, the Dante from? That used to be like he, he used to front yeah. everything for Ninja Theory, and then Fuck. didn't. Oh, what was his name? Is it Jez San? <clears throat> Jez
2: uh, whoever, San? anyway,
3: I'm sure anyone listening or watching can look it up. Um, that guy was, was our sort of. <clears throat> he was very Cliffy B. Um, and then I, th- he's the last sort of Cliffy major Oh, is it
1: Tamim and Tonardius? Tenar- he's got like a weird yes. like side yeah, the, cut shit.
3: A, like a Greek, yeah, with like a Greek surname. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That dude. Yeah. Um, he was, he was, he had huge Cliffy B energy. Um, <laughs> sorry. If you look up his name, uh, cause he's the founder. The first thing is him in like health cloth clothes on like an electric skateboard and yep. like with like 20 chains. And it's like, yeah. It's like oh god you know who was the you, I think what was it um I think Yakuza was the last of the great you know guys in leather dusters
0: style developers
1: <laughs> cuz like before then it was um Team Ninja and I'm glad they no longer have him in their ecosystem, but Itagaki was just like, all right, I'm, I oh, mean, like man, alcoholic sex criminal. God, <laughs> I, I think so much. it's
0: wild.
1: Oh, he's not <laughs> a good I, I, person. No, not no, a good he person. was not
0: a good person. And he was like <laughs> mad sexist. Um. <laughs> but he was interesting. I, if, if, it, if,
3: if this helps complete like the visual picture, I interviewed him at TGS once, like a, like a one-on-one interview, and it was in a very dark room, like barely lit with some neon lights for whatever game it was on on the wall and i'm sitting on like a plastic chair and across from me on a three-seater leather couch is itagaki in a leather jacket this is this is september in tokyo it is like hot as fuck it's it's like 100% humidity and he's sitting there in a leather jacket with the sunglasses on and it's like 10 30 in the morning uh, i was like man just adherence to the image was, was shocking to me. Like, I, I was expecting some kind of humanity beneath the, the performance, but I was like, man, this dude's really just like this all the time. <laughs> um, no wonder these games are also like this. <laughs> like-
0: yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talk just- about like Hideo Kojima as an auteur, but I mean, maybe Itagaki also counted in his own horrible way. No, he didn't. <laughs> I actually push against that a lot, and I say
1: this as somebody whose like favorite game is Ninja Gaiden Two, probably, or Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden, like split up between those. Like, a Ninja Theory is still good without him. It just doesn't have an Aerosmith song licensed. Debatably, it's better. Um, <laughs> I mean they they need to they need to like sm- slap some sense into whoever keeps putting items in their games, and just be like, you don't get to do have equipment in this game anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they, they, are they're, they're, they're really in a good place right now. And I think it's because he left like, and because they had to like have their own identity outside of this weird sex criminal who like on his own didn't really do a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what was his, what was that awful game? Devil's third?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Devil's third. I remember Mm -hmm. that game.
1: Yeah. He's not a, by himself on his own left to his own devices, not a good designer. You know what I mean? Are you telling me
3: that putting, putting boobs in a beach volleyball game that's loosely adjacent to a, a fighting game is, is not the same kind of auteur, um signature as Hideo Kojima's confused political messaging.
1: I think I, I think I just I care. I don't want to I think
3: those are just, mind.
0: I think those are just horses for not, courses, uh, man. Not, um, I, I then at this point, then we're never going to get death stranding or live beach volleyball. Wow. My, but I guess my, I guess the thing it. is
1: like, I, I think that Ninja Ninja, um, I almost said Ninja Theory, but um, Team Ninja doesn't get enough credit for the games that they make. You know what I mean? And I think that they are mechanically one of the best companies out there um, for making a really tight character action game. (laughs) Like, uh, Like, hands down. I think that, like, their games feel and demand more of the player than anybody out there. And, like, it sucks that they can't make, like, a good Ninja Gaiden game. Cause like, I think people would really respond well to that at that point. And like, they're kind of in this shadow of like souls games, but I feel like they don't get enough credit for fucking putting out consistently cool games. You know what I mean? Like stranger of paradise, nothing is like stranger of paradise. Does that mean you have to like it? No, but it's like mechanically amazing game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. People in people in chat. Are saying, like, oh, it could be David Cage, he could be the next Cliffy B. And then correctly, another person in chat said, David also Cage gets criminal. nothing. Yeah. yeah, also a sex criminal.
1: Or yep. whatever. Is well, he? I don't remember.
0: Um, but no. also, no. there's,
3: the, the, there are the also studio. two opposite ends of the spectrum as well, of like video game dude. Like there is there is 35-year-old who thinks he's 25, like when Unreal Net first came out anyway, Cliffy B, like uh Bart Simpson thinking he's in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 kind of dude david cage on the other end is like just a creepy old guy <laughs> he's the the zero cliffy b energy to david cage other yeah. than the fact that he like yeah i won't say i i i have jokes about david cage but i won't say out loud because i don't know what laws exist in france for libel and stuff but um yeah not a cliffy b guy at all he's the opposite Like there's no, there's no fun to be had with David. Cage. Like Cliffy B is his ultimate appeal was that he was like, yes, he, he helped make some important video games and and yes, he placed himself very prominently in the public eye. And yes, he was an enormous putz when he was doing it. But like (laughs) there was, there was something endearing about that anyway. Like, you know, like he, you didn't have to like it, but at least it was like, oh man, this is at least very funny. David Cage is just like fucking gross. Like, and Ellie, all his games suck and are in really awful ways. Um, and his studio sucks, and the conditions there are bad, and like they're, they're, they're not the same at all. So Be- let's, let's not do this.
0: <laughs> um, before we move on from Cliffy B, I do want to point out that, uh, his in this, you know, he's still around, he's not making games anymore, he's like doing comics. Um, but if you want an interesting Twitter follow, Uh, You should follow him on Twitter because he alternates between just, like, absolute normie posting, like, the normiest shit that you will ever see on Twitter.com. Like, it's almost insulated from anything else anyone else posts. It's so strange. And then, like, weird stuff in his personal life. Um, I have a Cliffy B fact. (laughs) Wait, what?
2: Oh, I got excited. I have a Cliffy B fact, which is that he was... um, who's co-producer on Hades Town? the oh, yeah, that's popular right. Broadway musical, yeah. which is quite good, which I've always just found very, I feel like I said that to Steven once and he was like, what? And I was like, I know a fact. Yeah. So I'm always just proud that I know this.
0: Well, so. Yeah. Uh, another element, the the, the weirdest yeah. Twitter post that he ever did that I ever saw is that at one point, um, I think he was like at a hotel or something with his wife and he like, photographed her from around the side of the wall when she was using the bathroom such that you could not see most of her, but you could see more of her than somebody would want to have seen of themselves while using the bathroom. And I was just like, what are you thinking? And that's, that's Cliffy B. Like, technically it didn't do any harm, but it was just like, you didn't need to do that. The voice in your head that said, Hey, maybe I could do that. That was an intrusive thought and you should ignore it. (laughs) Anyway, Uh,
2: men, men from the past.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, moving on to other news from this week. Um, I think the other like big kind of point of discourse was a quote from Ubisoft um, about the idea of game ownership. And specifically that at least this particular Ubisoft uh, employee who is, it should be noted, the director of subscriptions. Uh, What a fun title. Um, He wants players to grow. And this is the quote comfortable with not owning your game. And so a lot of people saw that and they were like, well, how dare you? Um, I want to own my game and I'll never be comfortable with it. And that started off a round of discourse around, you know, subscription services and all of this. Um, And so I wanted to know, how did you all feel about all of that? And do you think that we are moving toward a point at which there will just be a lot of subscription services and games that are kind of, you know, relatively ubiquitous, like in film and music and everything, or like have games kind of sidestepped that?
3: I think, your, so like, I think your post sort of yeah. nailed the sentiment of it in that this is one of those instances where <clears throat> like we can all be unhappy with it and we can all say we don't want this, but it's already, this has already happened. Like this has been this is, this happened five years ago. Like so many of the games that we even think that we own, we don't like it. We don't really own any digital purchase. And then even the ones that we do own and that are still functioning on functional modern hardware can can be changed or revoked at a moment's notice due to some licensing lapse or rights issue or or whatever. And so like it's one of those instances where it's it's just more this has brought it into everybody's attention that this has already happened, more more than more so than it being a portent of of terrible things to come. This is more of a reminder that, oh, this bleak future's already here. I don't think it's go I don't think it's leading towards an all subscription future though i think it's just more a, a very blunt reminder that like because <clears throat> you can still like for all the the for all the power that netflix and amazon and apple and everything have in streaming people can and do still buy digital versions of of movies and, and own them and those have the same limitations that a digital purchase of a video game has but i don't i, I think we'll still and for a very long time and maybe forever we'll still be able to Spend forty, fifty, sixty dollars on a game to to like in air quotes purchase it. It's just that it's going to be subject to to limitations that you know we may not all be aware of, but which may increasingly be become a pain in the ass in in the years to come.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I have this thing with like digital ownership of games where it's like, um. We kind of reach an inflection point where, like, a lot of this stuff relies on ecosystems that, I mean, like, there's just too many things hooked up into different things. Like, you know, you reach an inflection point where you can. There's like, there's games where, yeah, you just download that to your computer and play it, and you can save it on a hard drive somewhere. And I think we're beyond that with a lot of stuff, just in terms of like the sheer number of patches alone require an online ecosystem to support them. You know what I mean? Like, like this just the day one patch stuff was like kind of kind of brought that to the forefront anyway. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, I don't know. We, 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 I wish that it was much more like Blu-rays where you can theoretically just download the whole thing and then like have it or, you know, Rip it to a hard drive somewhere. Like, I have backups of like a lot of my disks that I like. And you kind of can't do that for a lot. Of, you can do it for some games. And like, pre- God bless preservation uh, preservationists who like, who do that stuff, particularly with stuff like um, Bloodborne, where like they're like, you know, you get people like being like, all right, I got this, I got this hacked version of a console so I can have it play at a frame rate that doesn't suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, and there's like parts to which like modders can like, make these things run and have a life outside of them. But like that requires so much work. Like if you were comparing it to movies or, or audio, like I can, I know how to rip a title, like audio, like album from online. And I can know how to buy a digital copy. Like if, if I wanted to get something from Netflix, I could, if I paid for Netflix, uh, it's harder with games. Games require a lot more work. Um, you know, and a lot of them just have these persistent online elements that are dying. So it's not even just like an ownership thing. It's also like the games are constructed in a way that makes them annoying to just have somewhere.
0: Yeah, that's for damn sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it is kind of a shame in that regard. I mean, it's a huge shame in a lot of regards because also like, you know, if you want to be somebody who's archiving all of this, there's so much work to do. Like there's so many micro versions of individual games, even that functionally no longer exist because of updates and things like that. And in a lot of cases, you know, games get improved for the better. So who really cares? But the point remains, like that part of that game, you don't own that. It it went away. You have no access to it anymore. Um, and then like, yeah, uh, Dizzy in chat mentioned still mourning the loss of the 3DS slash Wii U Shop. Like, that's wild, right? One day there was a whole shop that had all of these games on it, some of which people absolutely adore. And now it's just gone. Um, Like, you know even if you could download and own those games to a degree, like that is as cataclysmic as anything that's happened with like streaming services for TV and movies, movies and whatnot. Like, and it just happens in games all the time. And we just sort of accept it as part and parcel with the hobby.
1: Yeah. It sucks. It's, you know, um, I don't know. I get this way, especially with like, always online games, like functionality where it's like, oh, we'll build this entire ecosystem around this. And then like, you're just never going to be able to play that shit again. Unless like they emulate a server or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, don't know. I think,
3: of- I think those games, those games were always going to be like that though. Like online games have always been this sort of temporal thing. Like we could never preserve them fully because they they only exist in a time and a space, but they've helped create an ecosystem where a game that could survive becomes part of that market system that is then vulnerable to the same being temporary in the same way so like a single player game is now held hostage yeah. to the same market that's been built around games with multiplayer and online in them where like uh i don't know like most of sony's games like spider-man or god of war you know major single player video games are now part of that same digital temporary rights beholden ecosystem as the online and multiplayer games. And so games that we should be expecting to be able to own and play as long as we have a functional computer able to play them, like may not be. And that, I think that's, that's what gets people the most is like, when, when when people talk about owning a game, like I, like if I pull out my Dreamcast or my GameCube, like I'm, I'm playing, I'm usually going to be playing single player games, you know, or games that are at least locally multiplayer. I'm not going to, Imagine that I am going to be playing some online game um, on them. It's, it's, it's just that idea that you can have something forever, and that the way that these stores and purchases and and all the rights surrounding them have been structured means that when that's that's what we're not going to have, even for games that we should be having them for. And that's what fucking that's what sucks the most.
1: Yeah, have they have have they figured out a way to get Tokyo Jungle to run low? I think they looked it up and they did, and that was like the one thing where it's like I can't get I can't get a disc of that man. I that's like that only came out online and it only came out in a really annoying oh, wow,
0: walk right well also i mean we, have whole, Surely, uh, we we had the whole pt saga as well where people were trying to like get playstations with pt on it because it got delisted from the store and the game was never existed the, on a disc
1: the person who um Can is I the main pt hacker is also like somebody who's a bloodborne hacker mm-hmm. his name, their name is
0: lance uh online oh, yeah, that person uh, lance fights dragons or whatever
1: I believe so. Yeah. They're also the person who's like, it would just take like one bit of code to make this, to make Bloodborne run well on a PlayStation four. And I know because I've switched the code on myself (laughs) and it works or something along those lines. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can run it on Tokyo um, jungle. I don't have a steam deck for the record. Someone's in chat saying you can run Tokyo jungle on a steam deck.
2: I was just wondering if I should buy it. But I think Isaiah's point in chat too, about the disc for stick, disc Console releases don't help with this feeling like I don't own games when the ladder is cheaper. I read that badly. Um, I think this is a way I feel a lot where I, I I think about media that disappears. I think about this, especially with like TV. And at the same time, I'm getting less and less items that can play discs. Like I, I remember way back whenever it came out, like the... Um, the DVD box set of, like, Daria came out, and I remember <laughs> buying it. And this was really exciting, because you had never been able to have it before. Yeah. And I was really excited to buy it, and I was watching it on my laptop. And,
0: and then, yeah, so it then it, it like...
2: No, I know where yeah, this is going. and then it, like, it was, on, it was on some streamer, and now it's gone, and now you can't watch it. But, like, I can't play my DVDs anymore, and so I'm always, like, ah, like... Like I, I look at it sometimes and I'm like, what do I like, what do I do here? Well, you
1: know? save them first off because yeah, like TV no, totally. is more ephemeral than anything else. And also, you know, what's even more ephemeral is the, um, the broadcast audio for Daria. Yeah. Yeah. Because the broadcast audio. about the
2: DVDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The broadcast audio infamously had songs that were licensed that no longer did. It's like the um. same problem. It's the same problem with Beavis and Butthead. Like if you want to get Beavis and Butthead with the actual music videos in there, you can't. Like you can't, those are like lost because they fucked up on the licensing. They didn't license it for home usage with those music videos. And so you have to torrent those. And this has been like part of the thing I go back to often, especially with TV, where it's like, there's some shit that just like got down a licensing hole and like you can't get anymore. It's not even just that like you're stealing it. It's like there is no option to get it or there's no option to get an original one like Dragon Ball. With the broadcast audio.
0: Oh, yeah. And also, like, with the, uh, there's, like, a version of it, right, that's also much more, like, the the resolution of the animation is a lot, like, higher or nicer. And, like... Uh, mm, uh,
1: Kai is weird. But basically, the, the, the short version of it is that back in the day, Toei... Uh, back in the day, anime companies used to have digital audio for, like, all these shows, like, Hotoko no Ken and, like, Lupin and shit like that. And they would have digital audio. It would be broadcast over the big Tokyo Tower, and then they would throw that shit away and just stick with the optical audio. And that's why when you watch, ho- like, Fist of the North Star or Dragon Ball or Lupin, it sounds like somebody's in another room yelling into a, like, cardboard box. You know, <laughs> oh, my wonder, shinderu. That's because wait, that was they threw- <laughs> they I know it's like he's here. That's because they threw it away. They threw away the audio. And um, but some people had VCRs at the time. And, and Dragon Ball was the worst. They like helped. They didn't. And it was because they didn't see like a market in home releases of anime, which is psychotic to think about now. But like they they basically were like, oh, OK, we're going to get rid of this. Some people had really nice VCRs and recorded Dragon Ball at home. And now we have the original broadcast audio of the Japanese Dragon Ball because, you know, uh, they didn't they were smart enough to keep it. And like it sounds really good and it will never find a home release because they would never admit to using VCR recordings for the audio on an official release. They never would. Hmm. It's like, it's logistically, their hands are tied. They can't do that. And there's actually a bunch of Fist of the North Star that sounds really nice now too. And this only exists through people doing preservation because the companies that do it are bad stewards of it sometimes. We had this Mm -hmm. whole discussion about like, if Sailor Moon was pink this this week. And the answer is no, that shit was not pink. This shit was just them not keeping the masters correctly and it's salmoning. Um, But now all these people have this aesthetic association with Sailor Moon being pink, when in reality it was like, no, there's color balance correctly. You know what I mean? And it's all because the people, sometimes the people who hold on to rights are
0: bad at doing that. They're not the best stewards of their work. And they often aren't. Um, But that brings me to like a thing that you said a moment ago, which is the idea of people being like, you know, smart enough to keep this stuff, to hold on to it. And that is, I think, maybe the best although certainly not the only use case for piracy, like is, you know, doing things outside the bounds of what these companies want because these companies companies did a bad job in the first place. And so, you know, using piracy both as a means of obtaining something and also preserving it of, you know, stewarding it forward.
1: I mean, yeah, like you're never going to get we are never going to get a home release of Sweet Home, I don't think in part because of the legal battle that happened, like, following it, and also because Kiyoshi Kurosawa got into an argument with his producer, and that's why, for my Christmas, uh, I got the Laserdisc of it. And, you know, transferred it, because that doesn't exist. It's a part of film history, and it, it only in my con- in the context of me watching this, you know, I don't know. This is, I, this is part of the reason why I've been getting so into, like, VHS and Laserdisc Preservation is because these are a bunch of movies that just don't, are gonna die. <laughs> They're gonna die, and nobody else is gonna, like think to take, take care of them. Like you are the person who, who, who transfers the thing you want. If you want Daria, get a DVD player and get it, or have a friend with a DVD player and get it. But like, you have to be the steward of your own stuff because a lot of times companies won't protect you.
3: It's really funny that you use the word piracy there, Nathan, because like, I've, I wrote about this a few weeks ago. Like there is no piracy without ownership because the two things are related. That's why people are pirating stuff because they want to own things they can't own anymore, but that we still call it piracy, which implies like a bunch of people trying to steal PC games they don't want to pay for. Whereas really it's like citizen preservation (laughs) now. Like it's a, it's a, it's an industrial, like Chris is talking about like the F like, and, and like, I don't know if you've written about this on the side or not, Chris, but we know from talking with you in Slack and just in general, that like the, the scale of the efforts that are now underway like globally to preserve media that is disappearing, like needs, it's like, we should really stop calling it piracy because mm. that's not what it is. These people aren't trying to duck out of paying for something. They're trying to keep a, a work of creative, like a creative work alive for future generations to enjoy because the people who actually own the thing don't give a shit about it and are either going to break it or lose it or both. Um like i've just probably said a blog out loud now
1: yeah Yeah. you did i mean i i (laughs) I, I was gonna work on this one too so it's it's we can talk later about it but like it's one of those it's one of those things where like uh yeah like reboot like reboot somebody found the masters to reboot like the original i think d2 masters and like i'm in a bunch of discords that are like hey you know like who had, I got tagged by like 30 people and someone's like, they found the original reboot tapes. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't have a D2 player. Like three people have have that thing. You know what I mean? And like immediately someone's like, yeah, these guys have those. You'd have to bring it to them. You're going to have to like just ship that or like do a road trip or something. But like, it's a really small group of people. You know what I mean? It's just also, it's also frustrating because like nobody teaches you how to do preservation. You just have to learn through like, Going into weird anime encoding discords and like getting information that way or going on to Doom nine forums like I've been spending a lot of time in vapor synth, which is when you encode video in Python scripts, because I'm trying to transfer a movie called The Comrades of Summer starring Joe Montana, <laughs> uh, the guy from The Simpsons, I think, mm-hmm. you know, plays Fat Tony. Uh, where he goes and teaches a a post-Soviet Russian baseball team how to play baseball. (laughs) And that was an HBO release. And I would love it if HBO got that like out of the vault and like transferred it well. But they're not going to because it's like an old ass TV movie. There's literally no incentive for them to do it. So I'm doing it because I would like to see it in a decent quality. And I have a weird Laserdisc player right here. That has been hacked specifically for this purpose. And like that stuff that I've like, I'm as with most of these things, when people are like, Chris, why are you like this? And it's like, because I have no other option, because this is my this is where I've been pushed. I love a project and I don't have the option to watch this weird baseball movie. (laughs) And now I now I have to, you know, like do these things because I'm the only one I know who is interested enough to do it.
0: Right. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's pretty much the case for, like you were saying, everybody at this point. Um, but moving on from that, uh, so I think we still have a little bit more ground to cover in the news. Um, I, I wanted to hit one last topic. I think it's maybe nearer and dearer to me than it might be to other folks, although I don't know. Um, but also I think Riley might have some input here too, just because it involves the universe of Fortnite, um, which is that this week, Harmonix announced that they will no longer be updating, adding DLC to Rock Band 4, um, which remarkably, shockingly, unnervingly has been out for 10 years. So that's a long time uh, that has passed since I was even aware that that game launched. Um, And it means that we're all getting older very quickly. But, you know, Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I first saw that and just thought, well, whatever, life goes on and also at some point they can't keep paying for these music licenses so it makes sense um but i thought about it more and it's kind of a bummer because like so basically what has happened is that there's a sort of fortnite light or a a rock band light game in fortnite but it's like it doesn't involve the plastic instruments um, it's much more simple in well, terms of how you play it. It's just kind of like
2: they're working on they're working yeah,
0: they're they're working on adding the instruments, but you know, yeah. it was not their first priority. um, and I don't know something about that just kind of bums me out that like this game series that was really cool and interesting and pioneering for its time, um is now effectively dead, at least for the time mm-hmm. being, and it's been replaced by this kind of, you know, very like Edge's shaved off clone in the fortnite overse.
1: Okay, I have thoughts.
0: Okay, go for uh, it.
1: Because someone, someone DM'd me and said, Chris, I play a lot of rock band or Guitar Hero, and I don't have a functioning controller anymore. Or rather- You're about
2: to say a blog out loud.
1: Yes, no, this is a blog <laughs> I'm, I'm already currently writing, okay. in my head at least. Um, which is, I don't currently have a rock band controller that I like. What is, do you know about the DIY scene there? And so I went into my mind palace <laughs> and cause that is a quest that's like, Ooh, project Uh special interest. Yes. And I went in and I said, okay, here's the current meta for independent, you know, rock band clones. Uh, the first one is clone hero. That was the straight up guitar hero one. It's pretty it's pretty solid at this point. Um, A lot of people make DIY modifications or aftermarket boards for um, Guitar Hero and Rock Band um, controllers. Uh, I have a bunch in my head. I I, like, I have them written down somewhere, but yeah, it's basically like you can put keyboard switches into your rock band controllers. You can 3d print rock band controllers into parts, you know, you can have them run with this. And, uh, Alex Navarro was talking about this online because I think they discontinued support for rock band at the end. And his response was like, that's so depressing. There was was like, this company cared and there was like long-term like support for this. And, but there is precedent here because we all know the status of DDR, which is stepmania. Stepmania is where DDR went. Or, you know, elite beat agents or osttukan windon. That's ost now. Like if you don't have somebody who's a steward of like this form, particularly with rhythm games, you will get people who are like, "Ah shit, man, like we're just I can I'm just going to pull your fucking you know, like roll up your sleeves and make a, make a Bimani game yourself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's, what's going to happen. Um, and you know, it doesn't have to be that way actually. Um, like, you know, I, I think that, um, Beat Saber, it would obviously be hard to clone, but also like, they're very good at not overscaling themselves and also like putting themselves in a position where they like, you know keep content coming out for people you know what i mean like right. that that's a series that makes sense and like didn't extend beyond it or wasn't wasn't pushed beyond it and um and then there's another one for rock band that i just saw called yarg yet another rhythm game <laughs> um and yarg is a full like rock band clone that i think is open source and like coming out it's it's in, it's in stable beta i think right now um oh yeah project outfox i should say Stepmania is Project Outfox. Now, basically, furries took over Stepmania. It's man, that complicated. Makes so much sense. Yeah, you know I mean, I that, mean that like, is... that's 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 just who you. I mean, they were probably in charge of it anyway, regardless. Yeah. but Like you know, that's who you trust with it. Um. But yeah, I have Project Outfox uh, installed on my computer with like every pack on there. But like you know, when when you have this thing that's so dependent on music licensing, oftentimes it ends up following this trajectory because the even though the form of the game is correct, it's hard to keep it profitable in the ways that games need to be profitable. Um, and, you know, in the case of DDR, it's like Konami and just like how they like merged. Didn't they like, uh, they, when, when part of the whole like Konami collapse was that they like merged all the teams, the sound teams together with the DDR team.
0: Hmm. I did not know that, but that I sounds remember, like remember I remember
1: that part of it. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, I, know, I mean, like, it's interesting because I didn't even me- mean for this to happen, but a lot of this does go back to the preservation conversation, you know? It's a similar concept of like the these publishers are not going to do it for you. And in fact, will eventually, you know, destroy this thing because it's no longer making the money and it's starting to cost them money. And so you've got to make sure that there's an alternative. But the problem with that, and you know, like you even see this with things like, and I don't know if people still play like Clone Hero or whatever, um, but games like that is, you know, you, you've gone a le- a, at least a level down into obscurity. And so a lot of people don't know about these alternatives. They just assume... Oh, you know, rock band is done being updated. I guess there's no hope or like, you know, this game is dead. This type of game for the time being is dead. Um, and I guess like the, the question that I have or the challenge is like, how do you publicize these other efforts that might in some ways be technically infringing on copyright um, without also endangering them? Do you mean like clone here on shit? Um, yeah. Like just how do you get, how, how do you raise the awareness for people who might be interested in these types of games? I mean,
1: I think, I think that's like, I, I mean, you know, they might get sued. Who knows? It's an open source project, but I mean, like there's nothing, uh, I, I think, I think, I don't know if anybody has it in them to sue them for that in the same way that I don't know if like Step Mania, Step Mania is just like, who's going to sue you for Step Mania? I mean, Konami, I guess, but like too late. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's There's sort of a shit and get off the pot thing about all of this. Uh, os really bugs me because I really do think that like the company that made Os on also made like guitar, um, guitar man. And I like really wish that that company had, uh, I think it's Ines? Yeah, I think so. They, I wish they had succeeded more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, pe- people don't often don't know how to handle these things anymore, like publishers. And it, it, you know, then you have all these like leftover like rock band controllers. Well, what are you going to do with them? You want these <laughs> things to like rot somewhere? I mean, like, Sure. Or you could just like throw some keyboard switches there and like a, a Raspberry Pi and like have some fun with it, you know?
3: Could they not have just moved though? Because like we were talking about this the other week, but like my my 10-year-old son is like obsessed with those at the moment. Like it's all he's playing. And yeah. he, <clears throat> he got introduced to that through playing this rhythm game on Roblox called like Friday Night Funkin', <laughs> which is like... It's, I don't, don't look it up. It's, it's, it's bad, but it, the fact that he, the, the way that he's been sucked into that ecosystem through places we don't normally look or hang out in, but like through these deeply like online specific communities where there's streamers and there's YouTubers and there's these free online only, like PC only games means they're existing, like fine, the AAA publisher. Box game plastic instrument sort of side of this completely failed because the economics of it failed the kind of spirit of it has moved somewhere else entirely and it while it's probably brought fans of the original games along with them it seems to be just like the popularity of these games is out of control like we don't we don't ever talk about them or write about them <laughs> because they exist outside of a, a space that we normally hang out in and cover but like millions of millions and millions of people play O's. and it's mm. like it's a game that that we're only talking about now because of this deeply specific subject, but like, I I don't think it's that they've, they've got a, a problem sort of retaining or, or, or keeping the remnants of a fan base in this AAA space. It's more that they've just moved and in moving have developed a whole new community and, and type of fan in, different ways than we would have normally associated these games with being like a PS2 game that you buy expansion packs or song downloads for. They're now just, okay, massively online games full of anime skins that like some guy in the Philippines will completely skin for you for free. If you want to do a completely different type of of game mode for it that you invent yourself or whatever, like it's just become something
1: different. Well, in the case of O.S. like, I mean, like how many people actually, I I mean, who here has a DS cartridge of Oce Tateke Wendan one or two? You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I do. how many, how many, I mean, I do. Wow. But like, yeah. but like so there you the go, that's 50% that's half of us, <laughs> but that's <laughs> Jeez, like, but like, it's like the, the number of people who this proves nothing, <laughs> the number of people who play O's who played the original games and like the number of people, or even elite beat agents, like versus the number of people who currently play now, or even maybe no, that it's based on something else and have seen it and played it. I think it's much it's, like O.S. is so oh, it's, much it's bigger than the game I, by a huge I showed margin. My, yeah, I showed
3: my kid. I got it, it when I saw he was playing O.S. I was like, man, you know what this is based on? Like this <laughs> is based on. And I got out. I got the my cart out for for Ondan and put it on. Did, and he was did, like, did your
2: kid think you were cool? Or did they thought think it was, you were
3: do, He thought it was. He thought it was dog shit. He he was like, this is so boring and <laughs> slow and like quaint. Because it's about, you know, it's based around songs that, and then these little stories about a ghost coming and visiting his, like a motorbike riding ghost visiting his girlfriend, that you have to play a sad song on a DS4, and he's like, <laughs> he's playing this like light infused hyperactive space age version of it on a PC mm-hmm. with a with a keyboard, and he's got no interest in playing this quaint old DS game or acknowledging the history that went into it, and.
1: That's partly because he's 10. It's, I mean, obviously it's like... And stuff, it, it, it would be like if your kid was into, like, bullet hell games, like the bullet hell games they make now, and, like, you showed them R-type. You know what I mean? Mm, it would be like... Yeah. That would just yeah. be... They would be like, why would I give a shit about this? It's not like going at, like, 3,000 BPM and, like, making my heart explode like a hummingbird. You know what I mean? It's 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 this other thing, and you can acknowledge the lineage. Um, yeah. It's like, I like want the thing someone, people...
3: People always acknowledge games like, "Oh, we couldn't have adventure games without Return to Zork or The Hobbit," and it's like you acknowledge that playing. if you're writing, if you're yeah, but who the fuck is playing those games? No I don't want to play that shit. It's fucking your ass is games. not playing Zork. And, yeah, and so that's <laughs> I feel like that's the equivalent. It's like that's what he's thinking about this DS game. He's like, I'm going to play this shit that's made before I was born.
2: <laughs> I feel like it. Yeah, it speaks to a broader a broader question about. Aging, which i which I think about a lot. Um, but yeah, your kids don't need to play that stuff
0: like, No, no. Shit, man. um,
2: they're gonna eat us all, and that's how the circle of life goes, and like that's that's fine, man,
0: um speaking though of like them eating us all, I do think that kind of segues into the other side of this equation, which is that, you know, to a degree, at least in terms of the developer making a game like this, um and actually updating it, you know, Rock band will to some extent live on within Fortnite. And I guess, you know, Riley is the resident Fortnite person. I was wondering what you thought just about these games in general. Like the fact that it really seems like Epic now is saying, okay, we're going to create, we're going to turn Fortnite even more into like quote unquote the metaverse. And we're going to have all these like different, different like studios within Epic creating individual discrete games that can be played within Fortnite. Like, are you interested in those? Do you think right. those are good? I mean, is that a worthwhile pursuit? Or is it just like Tim Sweeney's vision of the metaverse being shoehorned into this thing where it's just like no one actually cares?
2: I, th- I think I made this argument in a blog that I think Luke cut it because it was stupid. But um, it was stupid for the blog. But I think that like, you know, they've been talking about the metaverse since at least 2019. I always tried out the same quote of Donald Mustard at the Game Awards. Talking about how they're going to make the metaverse, and like obviously you know they they did that, and the sort of return to the past Fortnite season followed by the release of you know the Fortnite rhythm game, which is made by Harmonix, which Epic owns, and the the racing mode, which is made by Psionics, which Epic also owns. Um And the Lego Fortnite, which is sort of all the other games combined, (laughs) you know, like, this is what they wanted. Yeah, they want you to go into Fortnite and only be in Fortnite and be the metaverse. And there's an argument to be made, I think, that, like, I don't, I, I don't want that. But I think if, if they're gonna do that, and clearly nothing, not even 900 people layoffs will sway them from doing it, like, you know, people want video games and here's more video games inside your video game, right? It's not something that's so off-putting about other metaverses is, you know, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wants you to go to a meeting inside a <laughs> VR thing. And, and I don't want to do that. If I'm playing a VR game, I want to play VR. I don't want to go to a Zoom meeting. Um, and, and so I think by staying with the same things it has a chance you know it i opened up fortnite now and i could play you know five different games not just fortnite and part of me cuz i'm like a boring grown up finds that off putting i want to play fortnite that's why i opened up fortnite but like it is cool to have these different modes and and these different things and and sort of cool to have them all seamlessly i don't know what ultimate benefit comes from every game being I do right. i know that that is great i think that you know something epic epic has paid out a lot of money to creators and so there must be money to be made like maybe it's a useful tool set and like because we we're talking about roblox before like does it turn into roblox like what happens there so like i don't know i'm kind of i'm like Interested to see where it goes. If if you take as a given that they're doing it, I don't know that they should. Then I think that they'll do it well, you know. Um, and it's I, I, I think a lot about like you know you, I think about the metaverse and I think about like Second Life, which I remain like embarrassingly fond of, though I haven't played it in years. And if we're all going to pretend that didn't happen, and and pretend that like you know we're going to make something cool this time, then I think like. I don't know. I think Fortnite could do it, I guess. I guess I you just know, we'll like,
0: see. you know, my my concern is that you have these games being released in Fortnite and, you know, maybe in some cases they'll even touch on some new ideas or experiment or go outside the box, but they will, you know, have to do so fundamentally without their own identity. Like, right. and I think that for they a lot of games like that have been really cool over the years, like the mechanics informed what eventually became that game's identity, how it looked, how it felt, how it sounded. And if you've already got to like, take them and squish them into the Fortnite mold, you're going to make something fundamentally different than you would have if you had, you know, more free reign to create something unique and interesting. And so, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm just like, you know, on one hand, yeah, you're right. I think Epic's going to do this no matter what. But like, for example, they already took uh, internally Mediatonic, the developer that made Fall Guys, they bought them and then in the layoffs, they got rid of a lot of their people and now they are just a Fortnite game studio effectively and like you know they're the people who made fall guys and fall guys is a pretty unique little thing and like it clearly resonated and it had its own look and vibe and feel that i think people liked a lot and now that's just not on the table for them anymore and that's sad
2: yeah, yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna make a fall guys in fortnite it doesn't have the same like physics i think that like makes fall guys fun and yeah and the same with fortnite festival it's it looks like rock band but it isn't rock band and it has it has to be Fortnite, and and those things are so disappointing. Um, but so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not great. I mean, the same way I don't want everything to be IP. I don't want everything to be Fortnite. Like, I I like Fortnite, um, but I it it can just be itself. I think, but like I you know I don't control it. I think at least they're honest about it. I respect that. Like Tim Sweeney is like, this is what I'm doing. And then he's gone ahead and done it. And I'm like, okay, like you, you warned me. And I, and I appreciate that.
1: I do think it's like, I don't know. Like, I think the, the specter of Roblox is pretty huge in this. Like they don't want to get their lunch eaten by fucking Roblox. And I guess they are. I don't fucking know what the, I also don't care about Roblox. I think it's a, an evil enterprise. Um, yeah. I think it's like it's, how objectively does Fortnite not evil. Become bad? Yeah and uh i think you know the 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 thing that is basically useful about that is i don't know the thing that's interesting about roblox is like the sheer level of gameplay variability within it uh outside of you know like weird discord grooming and shit that happens because of it and because of its incredibly weird strange borderline illegal sounding structure <laughs> uh it- I don't know. It's like it feels. I don't. I don't want to say anything litigious, but it feels crime adjacent in my brain. Um, it, it, it's it's sketchy. just. It's.
0: it's
1: <laughs> I don't know. It, it feels like harm reduction is the best interpretation of what they're doing with these things, and the worst interpretation is they're taking these studios and just hollowing them out and turning them into a sluice factory. And yeah, I don't like either of those. I think the like the harm reduction thing more because I don't like Roblox more than I don't like Fortnite.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Roblox is a yeah. discussion for another day because it's a massive ecosystem unto itself containing numerous developers that are nominally independent from, you know, Roblox as a, as an entity, as a company. Um, whereas Fortnite is much more like, okay, we have some studios that we bought and now they also make games for Fortnite. And then like, we have our own creative element where you can go make games too, but that's not really the central, that's, that's not what most people, or how most people interact with it, at least is my uh, impression. But yeah, it's all... I mean, I think that, you know, um, for better and in many ways worse, like, this is one of the futures of games. There are so many people right now who are coming up playing video games specifically within Roblox. That is their video game ecosystem. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, an ideal
1: situation, though, like, the good part of of it is, like, you know, a lethal company where it's like, okay, this becomes the thing where the person wets their, you know, like, you know, gets their feet wet in Roblox and then goes and makes a game that's better or goes and makes a game that isn't inside of Roblox and that they can like be just that that's their game now. Like, Oh, is it Xerxes uh, the, the developer, the, the, the weird kid. Z- Zekers. <laughs> Zekers. I yeah. thought Xerxes for a second. Zekers. Yeah. yeah he's like, exactly. an Egyptian
0: fucking yeah, hero. <laughs> well, yeah. Like he's just like
1: the, we, we, we just, you just finally interview them and they're like the, 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 the guy from 300, you know, like the big, huge bisexual man. Uh, No, I mean, it's just a young furry, you know what I mean? And who like cuts their teeth on this stuff. And it's like, that's, you know, when, when Roblox, when people who like Roblox and people, and I guess Roblox themselves like to defend it, it's like, well, we're giving people, you know, game making skill sets, And I don't think that's entirely untrue. I just think it's more interesting when those people go away and make their own thing. And I think that's the best outcome for any of this stuff is literally like I'm making a better game somewhere else.
2: I thought that was... because that That's I
1: a lot of people's... Seen...
3: No, you go, Riley. Sorry.
2: Oh, I was going to say, because we were talking about it, I had just seen the the Aaron Signals video about Lethal Company, which I feel like someone put in the chat. So I wanted to shout that out because I thought it was super interesting. I didn't know anything about the developer. And, and yeah, so they apparently got started in Roblox and then went on to make these other sort of little games that are all like... I would never have played them or found them, but they were so mechanically interesting. And you can kind of see... This person's growth, and I think to your point, the downside of everybody making games inside other games is, you know, Fortnite's not going to let you make these weird prototypey monster behavior horror games, right? Like, those things aren't going to happen, and that's not—obviously, that's not the only place that someone can make a game, right? The Lethal Company person got started in Roblox, and they Up moved G- on, and maybe—yeah, maybe Fortnite is the same. It's where people kind of cut their teeth—
1: I mean, literally PUBG. Um, you know, like things that started yeah. off as mods and that then became yeah. fort- that, that then became Fortnite. You know, <laughs> <in> certain ways. And <laughs> right. after, after, after several legal, ba- you know what I mean? Like it's like you know, a thing that starts off. I I don't know. I feel like there should be like a uh, a development fund specifically for modders to have something that's basically a total conversion get turned into something on just in unity where it's like we will this is really good we'll back you so that you don't ever have to deal with this company ever again and you can make a game that just launches on its own like that weird roman uh the total conversion mod that was like a a, a weird roman time travel game so like, right,
0: those are let's uh let's also add this to our list of aftermath goals when we make millions of dollars we can create a fund make a mod um to rescue roblox developers from from that roblox yeah,
2: it's I a cool idea. Something.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, well, with all of that said, I think it is probably time to move on to our last segment, which is just questions from the audience. Um, we got one from Discord that I want to start with. But in the meantime, everybody in chat, uh, feel free to ask us whatever. We can answer any question. Um, we, as I said last week, between us mm-hmm. probably have most knowledge in the universe. So, you know, anything you want to ask, go for it. Um, in the meantime, from Discord, the question this week comes from "I once was a cat," um, and they say, "With such with a such a huge amount of games that came out in the past year, and games that just exist in general, how do you make decisions on what game you play next? Any tips for dealing with choice paralysis?" This that's
2: hard that for I us. Have dealt with it.
3: <laughs> yeah, because like. We have professional obligations to try and play as many games as possible. So it's
0: hard for me to answer <laughs> like anyway. Um, I mean, I would say for me, like, and I, I think that this is only something that I've really thought about recently because I spent so much of last year playing a bunch of like really, really big and long games back to back to back. And I think that I, you know, have hit a point now with Cyberpunk, which I'm finally about to be fully done with, where I'm like, man. I want a palate cleanser. And I think that's a good way to look at it in general is like finish one game and then think about, okay, what would the palate cleanser to this game look like? And so in the case of Mm -hmm. cyberpunk, that's something shorter. That's something that's like more self-contained that has its own unique vibe and world. Um, So I'm probably going to play like Prince of Persia, which is like a smaller, I mean, it's still AAA, but it's, you know, a smaller game that is very much its own discrete thing. And I think that if you look at it that way, you can maybe, you know, keep yourself engaged with the games that you are playing and, have a good time instead of, you know, playing like three massive open world games back to back to back and being like, man, I'm kind of just tired of this rhythm.
1: Mm -hmm. I think
2: think, like good.
0: Okay. uh, I think
1: that uh, I'm going to play Prince of Persia because it looks good. (laughs) This game looks really good. Uh, I saw, I saw a clip of the combat system and it looks like, it looks like you, they just put a full combat system in there, which is always cool. It's like, you didn't have to make this play. I think like one of the Lego Star Wars games is like that where you like you did not have to make the combat like this good and throw juggles and shit in and like cancels and stuff and they they did and so it's like immediately no question I'm going to play that next. <laughs> but yeah, it's literally just like um what who do I trust is a good way to put it? Like who do I trust is saying, "Yo, you got to play this." And to what degree is it interesting in my life? And yeah, thinking about it narratively of like, man, I just got off of a whole like A game. I don't wanna do that shit again.
2: I think one of the ways I deal with it, which is one of the ways I, I, I think lots of people have this experience of like, you have a lot of stuff to do and you don't know which thing to do, so you don't do anything. Is like, I'll I'll look at all my game libraries. And I'm like, well, I wanna play this, or I wanna play that, or I should play this. And I end up not playing any of them. I just stare at my library all day. And so I think that like, just pick one, just click a thing. I think part of how I ended up playing so much Fortnite is I would be like, I don't know, Fortnite, I'll, I'll play around a Fortnite while I think about what I really want to play. And then it's like four hours later and you've, you've played a bunch of, I've played a bunch of Fortnite. Um, so I guess my advice for that would be like, just, just click on one, like just mm-hmm. click it. Don't think about if it's the best one, like just, just go for it. Um, sort of helps, helps me, um.
0: Yeah, yeah, just like become, I I've, I do that a lot in life where I yeah. just sort of become frustrated with myself, and I'm like, I'm just gonna do something. Like the little timer in my head has gone off; it is time to just make a call because otherwise, right. I'm just gonna sit here and I'm bored and I'm bored of hearing my own thoughts. Like, let's just do it. Um, but yeah, okay, another question. Uh, on a very different note, any thoughts on Pitchfork Media getting folded into GQ? Chris I used to work.
1: Them. I, I used to intern for pitchfork. So I do have thoughts oh, uh, cool! in their video department, which means you can't get mad at me for them. Like for like Schreiber's like first review where he, what you, he reviewed kind of blue and a Scatman voice. I think, uh, <laughs> it's just really not oh, a good, no. but he was also like four. Yeah. It's really bad. Everyone brings it up every time, but it's also like he was 13. So it's like, I don't know, you know, it was there, there, there is one of the many ancient blog horrors. And I, think he's probably fairly embarrassed by that now um but yeah no um i don't know i I went th- I, I i have worked at vice and pitchfork and gawker i've worked through all Is of these it, horrible the, places are you the link <laughs> i'm the i'm the i'm the 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 it feels like something like the antichrist would like if you were doing a, a modern antichrist it would be like <laughs> he, he he had all kinds of internships uh no i mean i i, I like worked in these spaces and it's like uh I miss what they were. I don't know if that's possible again. Um, I think music journalism in particular has been in a really shitty place. Especially internally at Gawker or, or at Go, because there was a music blog that was like supposed to be yeah. launched for like a year, and we had you know just a great person lined up for it, somebody who's done like phenomenal work in it, and they a bunch were of just really good people. They a lot of really good people who are really good yeah, friends yeah. of mine. Who were they got some of the best people, and they could have launched a good ass music blog, and they chose not to. They they like were like nope, and they but they kept them on staff for a really long time. Then they went to like Jezebel and Giz and like. It was so depressing because like, um, you know, just generally music, music journalism is like has been has gotten like one of the worst ends of the whole like commodification and consolidation thing because like it was just fucking pitchfork for a really long time. And I guess like there are other bloggers, there are the YouTubers and you can make the argument like, oh, yeah, you know, like it's all on TikTok now. And it's like, no, man, you lose institutional knowledge. Mm -hmm. And like the thing that needs to happen and is, you know, there does need to be a defector for music, whether it's just techno or whether it's like general music, there does need to be a user supported, cooperatively owned music blog. It has to happen. Um, It's an inevitability. And I think about this in relation to uh, Red Bull Music Academy, which I have brought a bunch of times. Some of the best journalism Hands down. I know people who are doing their dissertations in like Detroit techno who go back and reference articles by that because they were really, really well done. It was a great looking site. It did really good journalism. And you don't have a place for that except in under the ages of other places like gaming websites. Yeah, you have traffic streams there. Music websites are just in shitter. And so it's like, yeah, no, it sucks what's happening to Pitchfork, but also like this has been a problem for way longer, and it needs to be fixed. Yeah.
3: Well, isn't music like music journalism? Was it is it the vanguard of the commodification of media and and yeah. reviews in particular? In that, mm. as much as we emphasise and we enjoy and we hope to preserve and continue a more serious form of sort of criticism and, and journalism and writing about a medium, I mean the cold facts are that most people tend to see reviews as product recommendations, as purchasing recommendations. And as music stopped being something you paid 10 or $20 for an album for and started becoming something you could listen to everything whenever you wanted. Mm-hmm. As As the purchasing element of reading a review started to go away, you can obviously see the vast majority of people's interest in music journalism goes away, and that's where the failure of – the sort of ad supported model that we've all quite recently left. Obviously music journalism was years ahead of the rest of us in that there was never going to be an ad supported website or or, or network of sites capable of supporting music criticism because so few people were actually gave a shit about music journalism anymore because they weren't looking for whether they should buy an album or not. And I'm not defending that. I think that sucks. Um, but like, it's also a really sad indictment of where we're at today that we have to be talking about this at all.
0: Yeah. Shipwreck in chat said something that I kind of want to like talk about a little bit, because I think it ties into what Luke just said. Um, they said that like, you know, they've always been a fan of Pitchfork, um, enjoyed the podcast, but access to music is so immediate. I just don't find myself seeking out reviews for music releases. And I can understand that. Um, but at the same time, like I'm somebody who like, I love music. That's like one of my other main hobbies. And so I really enjoy listening to music and then looking at people's reviews and being like, what did they think? Um, as a lot yeah. of people do with games. And even though that's not the way that most people probably engage with the thing, um, I still very much believe that it should exist for the you know for the few who do like to do that. Um, also just for like the bettering of the form or not even the bettering of it because it's all subjective, but you know, for the ability to, have these more in-depth discussions about the form and about what people are doing and the appreciation of the form. So, you know, um, and like, this is also a personal pet peeve. I don't like Anthony Fontano or whatever his name is on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think he's really incredibly annoying. He's like, if you combined both Green Brothers together and made them a music critic. Um, but like, I think also the the format of TikTok itself means that a lot of like the discussion you could have around music gets flattened. And like becomes less interesting, and we need things outside that ecosystem. Like we yeah, just do. Uh,
1: I also just I, I take umbrage to the idea I, not not to not to, to to fully disagree with you, Luke. But I do I do think because I do think you're right that once you remove the buying the purchasing equation thing, there is a level of pressure that doesn't exist anymore. But I also think that does a disservice to the idea that writing is interesting unto itself. You know oh, no, what I
3: mean? No, I'm 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 not saying that I. Believe in that. I'm saying that clearly. This is what's happened, and is what's happening across multiple mediums. And it's it's a short. It's not a shortcoming of music journalism. It's a shortcoming of ad-supported websites. Sure. No. 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 I I, don't don't, see it as being profitable anymore.
1: I I don't disagree with that, and I think it's more of a website problem and a funding problem than it is. But I also think that like the, the I think the the difference in that is I think that like you could make a good. If if it was fully true, you couldn't make a good defector for music. But because it's not, I think you could. Does that make sense? I think it's like the thing about Pitchfork that was interesting was it was a place to go to learn about new stuff. And the thing that makes websites good is that you go and you learn stuff and you catch up with things. And like that was what made Gawker interesting. That was what made people interested in Gawker who did not live in New York. Like people were like into this like the gayest, cattiest New York City gossip that had no reason to care because it was a website they went to pretty regularly. And that was kind of the vibe of Pitchfork was like, you know, oh, let's see what they have to say. Let's see. And and I think that there is a draw there that exists outside of and I know this isn't what you were saying, but like I do think that that is the selling point of doing something cooperatively owned or at least something like making a new website is like it gives you a place to go to. I need a place to hang out. I need someone to tell me what music is good that isn't just like random people I know online who I follow and trust. I need a like place to read a long thought about it and what that means. I don't know.
0: Sorry, that, mu- that must've been, that was, I wasn't disagreeing. It was just tangential. No, no, I, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we all very strongly agree because we would not be doing the thing that we're doing if we didn't. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're definitely preaching to a, to a choir here. Sorry. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like, um, You know, it, it's a shame, and I really do hope that the defector, or defector, well, um, the pitchfork people who, like, got laid off do some kind of independent venture. I mean, I think that, you know, similar to the others that have arisen, like, there's obviously a lot of folks online who care and who would support such a thing. And I have to imagine that the people who got laid off are talking amongst themselves about doing such a thing. So, you know, I think it probably I mean, happens. And also, if any of yeah. them are watching right now, uh, hit us up. We'll give you advice. We will. If, yes. Yeah. We are experts on what not to do.
2: That's <laughs> yeah. <all we> need. <laughs> I think it's hard. though. I've said this before. I, I get excited when I say, "Oh, yeah, work around. You know, we just supported. We'll just all do that." But I, I do think that, you know, I don't know that it's on individual journalists and the reading public to kind of staunch this wound. I don't have another answer, but I do. I do recognize that, like, it kind of turns into like, well, if you want journalism, then like you, the news consumer, you know, like you, the reader. I hate the word consumer. I'm sorry. Like you, a person who wants news, you just have to pay and fund for the news yourself. And like, I, I do feel anxiety about what but that is that turns not what it-
3: into. Like, long-term, that is the history of publications, though. Like, we've I lived mean, through so a, very, sort of, a very short aberration yeah. of that. Like, for centuries, it's yeah. been, hey, I've written something. You have to pay for it. <laughs> it's like we, yes. we yes. lived I mean, through right, this, totally. like, 15-year period where that wasn't the case. And now we're just being like, 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 oh, well, that was broken. We have to go back now. And, like, people are going to have to pay for it. People paid for magazines and newspapers. We're going to yeah. have to pay for music blogs and video but game those websites. those things also
2: like, had – they had money behind – you bought the magazine. I think that's – Fine, but I worry this idea that like the whole thing, you know, as as we're learning, like a, th- a publication costs more money than I think. What
1: is you know? Sure. What people? No.
2: So so I just I don't know. I, I feel I, I just worried that like
1: I, I I understand what you're getting. Are at. we I,
2: are we building a new world in the ashes of the old, or are we just like letting the systems that should have made life livable, you know, cast us aside? And sort of how do you find that balance? I guess I, like I a, guess.
1: For me, it's more just I like I, with. I don't think it's like you're but demanding- subscribe to Aftermath and pay us money. Yes, obviously. please do. <laughs> That's how we make this work. No, I guess I guess the question isn't like so I understand the the, 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 the pushing back against the ne- sort of like idealism relative to the reality of running a business and what that means and keeping the lights on. And like, you know, can is it sustainable across like multiple, you know, industries? I'm just saying, like, what other choice is there? You know what I mean? Because like game, that's the thing I'm getting at is like, like there is no, this, this has been bad for so long. This has been rotten for so long that like, what other option is there? You know what I mean? And it's this isn't a a question of idealism. This isn't a question of like, well, if you like it, pay for it. It's like, no, for real, though, like there's nothing else. They're not going to make a website again. They're going to just like the only if you want your stuff from TikTok for the rest of your life, if you want like no music journalism, that's just going to be how it is. You know what I mean? It's not even just like a question of of like ethics and like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a better world where, you know, it was all a bunch of like, you know, fruity worker cooperatives. I'm like, no, this is the only thing approaching a template that seems to work Mm -hmm. that we have. And if someone comes along with a better funding structure, that would be fine. But the previous one was let's get Red Bull to pay for it. And then when Red Bull stopped paying for it, it went away. And like, that's, so like, barring that, I don't see another funding structure. I and mean, it's just the reality of it. And, you know, and if nobody so supports it, good, sure, whatever. That's, that's, that's your call. You know what I mean? If nobody makes it and nobody supports it, it won't exist. That's just math.
0: Yeah. When it's also like, and we're, we're learning this now, um, because so many of these websites that have been, you know, obliterated recently um, felt like institutions. And in their particular scenes, they were. They became, over time, crucial pillars of whatever scene they existed in. And then, so I think the reason that so many people are shocked when they suddenly go under due to the the whims of capital is that they felt like they should exist forever. Um, But when the people with the money decide that it's time for them to be over, they just are. And, you know, as long as we allow those people to keep controlling these things, that's going to happen over and over and over. Institutions will only exist as long as they are profitable. And that's just untenable. Because it means that scenes get destroyed and have to rebuild, and then it just happens repeatedly. Um, and so, yeah, to, to Chris's point, I think this is the only way we can really do it. Like, There's just not another good option that allows for something that can be actually sustained over time. That, that's just it. Unless mm-hmm.
3: someone out there reading is an NBA player on a max salary or some kind of… Or Shohan star. Otani
0: show hey yeah, tony sorry
3: and just and just has 10 million dollars they want to leave in a little trust that we can dip into every 12 months to pay for a staff indefinitely um <laughs> if you're if you're listening and that's you or you're similar to that please get in touch
0: yeah please please get in touch yeah, even just to talk like maybe you know you just want to you know like we we money later we can talk for now whatever you whatever you want to do
1: <laughs> if you just want to hang out we'll be cool. yeah you know if you want to like get coffee or something maybe you know just take pictures with us, you know, like hang out, tell us things you like, you know, look into our eyes, stuff like that. You know, it's, we're, we're fine with that.
0: We, we are more than fine with that. Um, with all of that said, I think we have gone through the questions that we got. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much us for this week. Um, thanks everybody who came to the Twitch stream to hang out. Um, assuming this turns into a podcast, thank you also to those who tuned in and listened. And uh, we'll be back next week with more of the same kind of thing, but about different stuff. Yeah. All right. Later.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.